Hey, awesome people. Welcome to another episode of A Little R&R with Rick. And Rebecca. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're going to talk about a subject that we've heard from clients for a long time as an issue in struggling, and that's signs mm-hmm. that they're drifting. Yeah. And that could be drifting sober-wise, could be drifting spiritually, etc. but kind of the overall subject of how could I tell if I'm beginning to drift? And we're going to maybe specifically land on drift in faith or even drift back into use, but, but uh, Rebecca is raring to go with this one, so I'm take it away. I'm so raring to what go. What do you got to say about drifting? Well, the whole thing with this idea of drifting is like so beautifully personally offensive because I like in the recovery work for me that I'm doing in having to dig into my own lack of let's say self-awareness sure. and uh lack of being able to see things as they actually are in reality compared to how my perception perception and addictive thinking might tell me that I've learned um, that the two things that unite all addicts everywhere, it's terrible. It's not race, trauma, experience, any of that. It's not that gender, none of that. The two things that unite addicts everywhere over all time is grandiosity and defiance. It's a bad combination. Um, and they're found in every addict, yep. of which I am one. Yep. And and so when we're talking about these signs that I'm drifting, I, I know that you and I approach this topic completely sure. differently sure. because uh, you come from a point where you can look at internal things and you can identify because you come from a place where there is not grandiosity and defiance. Whereas for me, because of the grandiosity and defiance, there it creates a certain level of blindness where I cannot trust myself. And I'm not saying that in a way that I'm self-deprecating. I'm saying that is truth. And if I start to trust myself, we're in trouble. So I have learned that I have to be in a community of people who I have um, developed that connection, community, and trust with that I can then trust what they're seeing. So you're look, you're relying on other people as well as the Holy Spirit to say well absolutely the right, Holy Spirit hey Rebecca uh, I'm noticing this and you're you're also inviting and welcoming and actually seeking that out oh I am not just seeking that out it is a it is for me an active part of my recovery is like I I I, I hit that point of desperation sure. of realizing for me. I talk daily with my sponsor for 15 minutes. I make three phone calls a day to other people in my recovery community. It's actually a requirement of my recovery, part of the recovery program I am in. It's a requirement of that. It's not actually a requirement, but it's like a strong recommendation, as well as working the steps, which means doing a 10-step daily inventory, um, actually going through the steps as they're written in 12-step material and handling them on a day-to-day basis. So it's rigorous. So what you're saying is that, you know, our first podcast was about trusting, which involves surrender and submission. Yes. So you've recognized... I can't always see or think clearly or even observe clearly what I'm feeling or experiencing. So I have to surrender myself to other people's input 
in order to stay on track? That is almost precisely what I'm saying, which is why I think it's so great in one of the other podcasts that we talked about making sure that you have a healthy community, because I think it's really easy for us to go with what's easy for community instead of what's healthy. Sure. And it's so it's super key that I have a healthy community or a healthy recovery community and a healthy spiritual community around me to help me see those things so that they're much more accurate. And if you remember, in our first podcast, we looked at this quote from David Benner, and this was the second part. It's the act of willing surrender. It's a choice of openness, a choice of abandonment of self-determination and of cooperation with God, which I think fits in really well with what you just described is it's a willing surrender of being open and abandoning your own self-determination to receive from God and others what would be healthy for for you to think about and consider. And I think that's hilarious because I'm I, I was so convinced for so long that I was right and I had well, all course. the answers. Yeah. You know, because surely yep. Yep. I surely am. you do. Surely I do. <laughs> surely we don't. Yeah. And uh. so so your way is maybe a little different than mine, as you mentioned. Yes. So mine is more like this. So I've learned that I need to pay attention as my analogy, to the warning lights on my dashboard. Yes. So let me give you an actual example. I told this to Rebecca the other day. My first vehicle was a gold Pontiac something or other. Yes, I don't even buddy. know what year. Yes, Super it old, was. before most of you were born. <laughs> and I, I don't... I love that it was gold. Yeah, it Go was ahead. gold. It was beautiful. Uh, I don't know anything about cars. I know you turn, put the key in, you turn it, and you put gas in. That's mm-hmm. literally about all that I know. And I remember that the brakes started to slowly not work so well on this vehicle. And I would come to intersections. This is eventually, this is over a period of time. I'd come to intersections and I'd have to pump the brakes to stop the vehicle. Yes. Like, should be a warning sign. Rick, get the car to the doctor. But I kept ignoring it because it would have cost money and I was so apparently too busy to care about the vehicle. Right. Till one day, I was driving to work at the library, very exciting place to work on campus. And <laughs> I pulled into the to my normal parking spot and I realized I wasn't stopping. Uh, and so I realized I had to park against the curb so that the curb would be my brakes. Yes. Okay. So that was kind of, and my dad was, by the way, not super happy about this whole experience because it cost a lot of money to fix. But I learned something from that. Yes. Pay attention to dashboard lights. So metaphorically, that's what I do in my own life. So for example, I've learned that when I feel irritable or impatient, or cranky, those are my warning lights on my dashboard. Yes. Those are my signs that either one of several things is happening. Not enough sleep, too much work, not enough time with the Lord, mm-hmm. or all of the above. Yep. Because it's manifesting in, that's how I. That's how it shows up for me as a warning sign. And so I've learned that if I don't pay attention to those things, it will be like crashing into the curb with my car in order to stop. It's, gonna not, it's not going to go well. Oof. And so when those warning lights go on, I've learned to go, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? Am I tired? Am I working too much? Or am I not having enough time with the Lord or some combination of the above? And that's how I start to recognize that a little bit of a drift has happened. Happened, And that works pretty well for me. Now, sometimes I do need someone else to say, hey, Rick, notice this. But generally speaking, I've learned what to pay attention to. Now, once I've noticed it, I still have to act on it. Yes. But I definitely know what mine are. And they're they're indicating something is wrong internally. 
Yes. Which to go back to our previous podcast about spiritual practices, that's why Sabbath is so critical for me. It's my anti-warning light on my dashboard practice. Yes, of, it If is. I do I that, that. Yep. I'm not going to get as cranky. I'm going to get some actual rest and I get some time with the Lord. So not only is it noticing, but it's also proactively working against those things as well, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And I, I again, I think it's hilarious like on how different we are yeah. in how we approach this because I actually am driving a vehicle. We've had this conversation yeah. too. I'm driving a vehicle that currently has a light on that says check engine light. Now, here's the deal is I actually do know a little something about cars and yeah. – <laughs> And, and I happen to know the check engine light is on because one of the many oxygen sensors in this particular vehicle is not working as accurately as it should. Yeah. It needs to be replaced. It's a bear to get to. And for the age of this vehicle, it's just not worth it. So um, f- for me, it's I-, I look at my own recovery and I see... I am a person who always has a check engine light on in the sense that um, I, okay, with the, the food issue that I've had in my life where I'm currently actively in recovery, I think I thought I was always hungry when in reality it was anxiety. Oh, yeah. Good. It's it's constant chronic anxiety. And, and that's my check engine light. That is always there. It's always on. There's always a certain level of anxiety that comes with me um, That's that I think is kind of in the DNA of the addiction that I'm, right. I'm recovering from. Right. That being said, um, knowing that that engine light is on, um, I know what it is and I need to recognize this is not an emergency. Right. It yeah. also means I'm not going to be stupid about it. If I hear a new sound, <laughs> if I catch sure. if I catch a new engine uh, problem, sure. I'm but but there's I want to throw that in the mix that there's some of us who have that kind of long ongoing thing and and for us to recognize that that, um, to just be aware of it That's is good. key. That's good. So, that it's not so to emergency. use another another way of saying the same thing might be, if I recognize that I have a tendency towards anger, mm-hmm. I might always need to be watching that. And if something different shows up, yes. much like physically, if I'm used to having knee pain and the worst knee pain happens, now your throat. Now hurts. I'm really right. <laughs> so I, I think it's just knowing yourself really, really well. Yes. Let's use a couple different metaphors that okay. might help too. So a uh, pretty classic one I've heard taught is if you're if you're in a motorboat going across the lake, or maybe let's use a sailboat, a sailboat going across the mm-hmm. lake, uh, if the wind shifts, you might drift just a little bit and might not yeah. even notice it. And you might still get to your def- destination, but you're off a little bit. But if the wind shifts just enough, slowly over time, you're going to end up in the wrong spot. And so that's why I think the drifting thing is so critical, is it might not be an obvious drift. It might be something's a little off inside and I don't know it because I'm not paying attention and pretty soon I'm in a different country, so to speak, right? Yes. Another analogy would be uh, that I've used in class before is if I bought a house and I had an inspector come and all looks great and it's all fine, foundation's good, everything, but I don't check anything for 30 years, I might have some problems on my hands, right? Yes. I might have some major foundation cracks, whatever. 
But if every year or more often than that, in terms of our personal lives, I check that foundation and there's a crack, I can fix it right away. Yes. And I think that's true for our own lives is if we can do those daily self-checks with the Lord, ourselves, and others to go, how am I doing? Am I on track in my faith, in my relationships, in my finances, in my whatever? I don't think we're going to drift very far. I don't think the drift necessarily is even intentional. Yep. I think it's more just not paying attention to what we're doing. And we slowly compromise a little here and a little there. And pretty soon we're off in a different in a, in a different direction. And so I think half the antidote for the drifting thing is just be alert. Warning lights. Are you falling? Are you, are you moving off course? Is something not quite right in your heart? Those are things to watch for. See, and this, again, I feel like you're doing another advertisement for a 10-step daily yeah, inventory. Yeah, huge. That, that for me, yeah. um, I, I used to prayer journal and something shifted when in prayer journaling, I can get so um, uh, distracted from my own reality that mm. I don't see the drift. In a prayer journal. But when I'm doing a 10-step daily inventory, was I resentful? Was I afraid? Right. Did I balance work, self-care, dealing with others, and rest? Did I I manage my finances correctly? Did I show love and compassion? Right. What did I do well? What did I wish I had done better? When I do that 10-step daily inventory that I do every single night and then every single following morning, I share it with my sponsor. That's the key is that I'm not just doing it alone. I think there's something about that with like that fourth and fifth step. We do the fourth step, that moral inventory. That's like a deep, deep, deep spring cleaning. And then the fifth step is we share with God ourselves and another human being is like that's the that's how we finish that deep 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 spring cleaning. The yep. ten step daily inventory yep. is daily dusting. That's good. That's good. And it needs to be. I believe it needs to be done with other people sure. involved sure. because I I don't I don't, I don't trust myself. Yeah. Rick, I trust you to deal with your stuff. I don't trust myself. I'm just gonna say that. No, I hear you. So so we're saying that it can be a. a uh, Kind of a process we're not even aware of. We're starting to drift and we're right. saying we need to watch for it. Does it make sense that there are some things we should do proactively to be on guard? Like I mentioned the warning lights. You're doing a mini t- step 10 every day. I do a similar thing as well. Not quite to the extent that you do. But are there some other purposeful things we can do to avoid drifting? Like, for example, we talked in our last podcast about spiritual practices. So time in the word in prayer is a way to prevent that drift engaging in healthy community is a way to avoid that that's drift, huge. right so i think there's intentional things to do as well as watching for the warning signs being very intentional about i know that i need to do these things not to drift which goes back to the fact that i think it sort of happens because we just aren't paying attention i think you're absolutely right And so if we can decide i, I know what happens when i do these things so I can't do these things, right? I've right. got to stay connected to God and others. I've got to be open and honest about what I'm dealing with. I think that's key to it too is the proactivity of that. Yes, yes. And I think another part of it though too is, you know, we talked about in the spiritual practices how we do not want that should or shame right. thrown in. 
And and I had that messed up with my recovery is like I I remember talking to a sponsor and saying, you know, oh, well, I have to because it in, in recovery instead I should. It, it becomes I oh, have to, yeah, you know, yeah. well, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to. And she kind of wrecked me in a second by saying it's not that you have to, it's that you get to. You and get if you to. can shift to that yeah. and there's. I know that's like we hear that and we know that, but there is like an internal thing that I think can happen when we start to realize how much clarity happens when we realize we actually have the agency to choose yep. and we get to. Yep. In my addiction, I had no agency. Right. right. I wasn't free. There wasn't anything that I got to do. That was when I had to do. Yep. I had to have me some more chicken, Rick. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> chicken skin, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just practical, my idea to say, if I recognize that my tendency is to drift away from community with other people, I need to be proactively Proactive. connective. I get to. I get to. I if get I, to. Yeah, absolutely. If I notice that my tendency is to drift in my walk with the Lord... I need to be proactive daily to be with Lord and maybe find a Bible buddy to read scripture with and hold and me accountable. I get right? to. And I get to do that. So I think it's identifying where am I most likely to drift? Yeah. And what do I need to do to prevent that? And then also, in my case, when I notice irritability or crankiness or impatience, is there something disordered in me right now? I've got to really get some healing for, for example. So yeah. I think there's a couple pieces to that. A couple of scriptures that go along with this. Well, one is Proverbs 4.25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. There's That's the intentionality mm. piece. I'm determining that I'm not going to let my eyes wander this direction or my life wander. I'm going to stay focused. Yep. So that's the, that's the purposefulness. And the second one is from Psalm 139. It's an invitation David gives and to the Lord and says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Yes. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Kind of like a mini step 10, right? You're inviting the spirit to say, will you search me today? Yes. And if you notice anything that's off kilter, I give you permission to point that out to me. So those are both proactive things Yes. that I think if we did those on a regular basis would keep us from getting too far off course. Ugh. It's super easy to correct a little off course. Yes. It's harder to correct when you're way off course. So I want to I wanna jump in too and say though, Rick, you're coming from a background that has sanity to it. Well, for and, the most part. And so so when you're saying that 139 Psalm, yeah. I love that. I'm not against the scriptures. You know I'm yeah. not against the scriptures. But, but there have been times in my life where I've said, search me, oh God. And the answer I got back in the searching, I know it felt like God, but I can tell you it had nothing to do with Jesus. And that that I do think in addictive nature, we get real quick to think something's God, and yet it's still a voice that's in agreement with shame. Sure. It's still a voice that's in agreement with condemnation, and it's still a voice that's leaning us in toward negativity. And so that's why I'm saying running those things by another person that sure. you have that trusted relationship with. Because I, I know for me, hearing from other people, how many times have I come to you and other people on the team yeah. and said, okay, I'm looking for feedback in this area. Yep. And it's, it's it becomes a huge benefit to me to hear how things, um, how much off reality or how much I think something can be God when it's really not because it's not love. Right, 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 right. And so I want to throw that into the mix. That's good. 
So maybe we have some folks listening who are thinking, man, I really feel like I'm starting to drift in this particular area. Uh, And so what can I do? So a couple of thoughts. If it's maybe starting to drift back into bad relationships, Mm. being very proactive to end those relationships, put up really healthy boundaries and engage in some super healthy ones in a small group or recovery community, whatever that looks like for you being healthy with that. I am also a huge proponent because so many of us in addiction have come out of some pretty dysfunctional situations that professional mental health counseling, little shout out for some EMDR. It can change your life. Just a little shout out Uh, that, that, that kind of like, don't negate that either. Yep. And then secondly, if you're noticing kind of a drift in your walk with the Lord, feeling kind of disconnected, feeling kind of like, where is he mm-hmm. purposely engaging? And again, pulling a buddy to do this with is yes. great too, but engaging in some scripture, getting to church, uh, time in prayer just to reconnect. So so be purposeful Yep. and then learn what your warning signs are. Yes. Learn what is your sign that, wait a minute, something's up in my soul and go after that right away. Don't delay to do that. Again, I, I think we would both agree that drifting happens slowly. It's easy to catch right away if you do it Yep. and stay connected to God and others. And that's, I think, a wonderful antidote both for, for relapse, but also for growth in your faith is to have that time with the Lord. So Agreed. anything you'd add to close out today? Nope. I think it's good, Rick. I think we hit it. Yeah. So if you have any questions or feedbacks to make up a new word. Uh, <laughs> we want your feedbacks. feedbacks. Add that to... <laughs> the app and we will we will address some of those down the road as well uh yeah praying for for steady course for all of us in faith and in relationships that we stay connected to the lord so as always may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord turn his face towards you and grant you much much peace have a great day awesome people bye